The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Was it ready? Okay, yes, I am. Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Wrestling to the Max 205 Live Review. That is, frankly, just me messing with my producer. Hi, Sean. This is the 205 Live Review here, and I am Harry Broadhurst, in case you didn't know, and joining me as per usual, making her return after having last week off, is Miss Liz Puglisi. Good evening, Liz. Good evening, Harry. How are you? I'm okay. Are you ready for Sunday? Yes, I have a very busy day, but I'm ready for Sunday. Seven hours. Wait, what? Two-hour pre-show, four-hour pay-per-view, post-show on the network. Oh, God. Seven hours. I'll be skipping the post-show. Wait, what time does it start? Five o'clock Eastern, two o'clock Pacific. Sugar pop, I won't even be home. It's going to be a long day, folks. In addition, especially for somebody like me that's going to try to squeeze in NXT War Games earlier in the day as well, since I won't be home on Saturday night. All right, enough about this weekend. Let's talk about what happened tonight, November 14th on 205 Live. Our opening contest, after we get a brief promo by Kalisto talking about the fact that he's taking on Drew Gulak in tonight's main event, our opening contest is a Tornado Tag Team Cruiserweight match. I mean, I guess they're all Cruiserweight matches on 205 Live, but it is a Tornado Tag Team match as the team of Brian Kendrick, the GDP, and Jack Gallagher take on Rich Swan and the Charlotte homeboy, Cedric Alexander. I mean that as in it's, it's his hometown, not me trying to be hip or relevant or anything. He's from Charlotte. I'm shaking my head at you. Uh, I thought this was okay. I, mean, I like I like Gallagher. I like Swan. I like Alexander. I understand why Kendrick is there. But I don't think that the feud with Gallagher and Kendrick is doing anything for Swan and especially Alexander. Because I feel like Alexander's the next in line for the Cruiserweight shot once Kalisto fails on Sunday. I, mean, I enjoyed the match. I mean, it is what it is. It was a TAT match with some type of gimmick thrown in. It was on the match to have at least four of the people you know on. I get it, but it's the same thing every week, although I will give them credit for putting on a you know, pretty good match and trying to change it up a little bit. It was a good match. It did absolutely, I don't know, did it really do anything for the storyline? I don't know. It was there. It was, it was decent. I feel like they're missing an opportunity by not letting the Cruiserweights just have a Survivor Series match on the pre-show at, uh, on Sunday. Yeah, that would be great. I feel like if they'd have done Team Enzo versus Team Kalisto on Survivor Series on Sunday, people would be much more excited about it than just seeing a championship rematch on Sunday that Enzo should win for the sake of the division. I agree. I mean, the last few weeks have been the same thing over and over. Now, don't get me wrong. They 
consistently put on a pretty good show and they put on good matches and you get way more wrestling as we've said than the other shows obviously but it's pretty much been the same people against the same people for weeks now that moves us on to a promo by Davari De Niro better known as Arya Davari also known as Sean's little brother as he talks about the fact that the Zoe show needs to continue because, let's be honest, nobody cares about Kalisto. I mean, he's not wrong. He really isn't. I know he's supposed to be a heel, but he's not wrong. Nope. He nailed it. He is, he is interrupted by Mustafa Ali, who makes a bunch of PG jokes and generally looks like an aw shucks kind of idiot. Before the contest happens, your thought on the promos before the match first, and then we'll talk about the match itself. Davari's was really good. Um, I think it furthered his, you know, whole thing. Very entertaining. I think he spoke, you know, really well. And as much as I like um, Ali, I think it fell a little flat. I think it could have been, you know, a little edgier. It, like you said, it was very, you know, PG. Came off a little corny. He started out, you know, really good, like, oh, no one speaks Farsi, you know, let me translate. I think they could have went a lot of places with it, and it was okay. I mean, he gave him some time on, you know, the mic, but that was about it. I can't really, it's nothing I'd write home about. Yeah, just kind of a there promo, Mm -hmm. as far as Mustafa Ali goes. And definitely you could tell that he wasn't given the best material to work with here, whereas I feel like Davari uses a lot of the same material on a week-to-week basis, but the way that he handles it and the swagger that his character handles it allows for that kind of perspective to work. Yes, agreed. As far as the match itself goes, I don't think there's any question Mustafa Ali is a better worker than Arya Davari is. Yes. Because while I I was disappointed during Davari's heat segment, like when Davari had control of the match, I found myself much more entertained when Mustafa Ali was in control of the match. And then we've talked about it several times before on here, Liz, with Neville on hiatus from the WWE. Don't hiatus because you ain't us. Mustafa Ali's 054 might be the most visually impressive finishing move in the company right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think... I think Ali ha- definitely has the ability perhaps a little bit work on the mic like I really need to practice as well um, to, you know to really have a good you know good career maybe be you know add the throne here on 205 definitely one of the best in ring you know workers it was a decent match when he was in control of it it was very entertaining a backstage segment sees Akira Tozawa coming up to Kalisto and wishing him a happy birthday. Somebody want to explain to me how Kalisto or how Tozawa showed more charisma in two seconds of airtime than Kalisto did all night? There is no explaining it. And yet, Kalisto, or yet Kalisto's the one still in line for the cruiserweight title, whereas Tozawa had a six-day reign and has since been forgotten. Super. One of life's great mysteries. Enzo and Drew Gulak are talking as they're on their way to the ring. Gulak once again steals the scene. Not a surprise. It's kind of Drew Gulak's M.O. And we see that the birthday cake for Kalisto has made its way to ringside, which of course brings up the old WWE standby. Who's getting thrown into the cake? I think it was pretty obvious, though. 
Well, it wasn't the ringside cake that got attacked, though. We'll talk about Seriously, there were two cakes? What the hell? Was it two different cakes? I didn't even notice that it was a different cake. Uh, the ring, the cake rose on the one backstage was blue. The cake rose on the one at ringside was black. There were two different cakes. Interesting. That or they just expect us to believe that that cake magically teleported from ringside back to where Enzo was. Okay, well, if you want to use logic, that's, that's fine. <laughs> Your main event is Kalisto and Drew Gulak. Uh, okay, I will start this by saying that Drew Gulak deserves better. That being said, I thought the match was okay. The match was good. You know, it, I, I enjoyed it. I love I love Gulak. He's quickly becoming one of my favorites across the three shows. Um, I liked his, you know, part with Enzo beforehand. He, I, I find Enzo more entertaining with Gulak than I did with Cass. I agree with that because Cass is... Cass had to maintain a level of sensibility, whereas, mm-hmm. frankly, Gulak doesn't care if he's getting embarrassing himself on the microphone. He's out there He's out there to get Enzo over, yeah, and he, he understands that. He's great on the mic, in my opinion. I enjoyed him. I like the match. You know, it is, it is what it is. It was, I don't want to say it was predictable, but, you know, had the outcome, I guess. We'd assume, you know, it would have. It was good. It was a decent match. It kept my attention. By the way, Liz, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Don't ever ask me that again. Oh. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. It's so stereotypical. I hate it. But I, I did I did the Gulak style instead of how you doing. I did I the how are you doing. I appreciate that. I, I, I'm not going to go straight up Jersey on you. I, I'm sure you deal in, I'm just sure you deal enough with that living in Staten Island as you do. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, post-match, we see Enzo running scared because heel. And he cu- stops to cut a promo backstage with, I think that was Dasha Fuente. I'm not sure. I think. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, honestly, most of these interviewer chicks look alike. The only one I can really tell apart is Charlie Caruso. And that's because Charlie's super hot. People get mad when I say that. They're like, oh, it's because you're a woman and you're jealous. No, it's not... Like I've said it about some of the guys on 205. They blend together. Everybody, you know, in a sense, they will all have dark hair, you know, whatever. They'll blend. And it is. It's the same for, you know, Charlie and somebody else. They look they Charlie's gorgeous. It's, there's no bones about it. She's gorgeous. But they do. They blend together. Charlie, Dasha, there was another one, too, whose name I'm blanking on right now. And I'm sure somebody will listen to the show and correct me over on the Wrestling to the Max Facebook group, uh, facebook.com backslash wrestling to the max. By all means, feel free to do so because I'm blanking on the girl's name anyway. So regardless, anyway, when Kalisto catches up with him backstage and sends Enzo face first into the cake as your big payoff. Shocker. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the show went really quick this week. I don't know why. Um, I had some... Well, I had some buffering issues, so... So did I. Maybe... See, then maybe that was like a a network-wide thing, because I I watched it live, and I'm sure you did as well, right after Mm -hmm. SmackDown. I had some buffering issues, so maybe it seemed like uh, they were having some issues with the connectivity in the building. Yeah, I could... Mine kept going in and out. 
I had like three different situations where it would stop right in the middle of something and a little floating circle would come up there. All right, you were saying about the uh, the cake payoff, though. I mean, we expected it. I mean, we pretty much knew Enzo or Drew was going to end up going through it. I fully expected it to be Drew, though, because Me too. to steal a line from Krusty the Clown here, in order for the pie gag to work, the sap has to have dignity. And Enzo does not. Yeah, Enzo's clearly not... I mean, to the vast majority of the fans, they don't care about Enzo. Gulak is still capable of getting underneath people's skin. I think people are more invested in Gulak, frankly, than they are in Enzo. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, like I said before, Enzo does have a big, you know, fan base. He he is liked. Um, But I I really think Drew was growing on a lot of people. The dedication with which Gulak brings to his his gimmick and his character, and as well as his in-ring performance, is just something that stands out to me. We constantly say that here on the 205 Live Review, and I constantly say it when he's on Raw as well. Tony and I are always talking about how much we enjoy Drew Gulak's work. Yeah, he's very consistent. He's very solid. He's also quite handsome. But, you know. Should anything happen where the Cruiserweight division fades out, I genuinely hope that Gulak finds his footing and stays with the company. Oh, I hope so. I mean, I think he's definitely somebody you could see, you know, sticking around. All right, that takes us to our final rating. Liz, where do you fall for tonight's episode of 205 Live? Yeah, six. That sounds about right. I think the opening tag team match was good for what it was, but I'm over the storyline, if that makes sense. No, yeah, that's what I was saying before. It's the same matches. Like I said earlier, it's consistently they put on good matches. Consistently we get a lot of wrestling. But for the last few weeks, it's been the same people against each other every week. You know, mix it up a little bit. Have the other person from the week before interfere. I don't care. But it's been the same people against the same people. The middle match... The Arya Davari versus Mustafa Ali match, in my opinion, was probably the best of the three matches, but that had more to do with when Mustafa was in control. I find Arya's offense to be very basic, whereas I definitely enjoy Mustafa Ali's offense much more. It was definitely the best of the three. Out of the three, it kept my attention the most. Most of my buffering issues were in the first match, Um, so it was hard to really, you know, pay attention. It kept skipping and, um, like it was trying to catch up to itself. And so that it maybe, you know, might've thrown off my take on the first match, but Ali and Davari definitely had the best of the three. Kalisto and Drew Gulak for your main event. I was entertained enough by it. I mean, I get the idea behind the psychology of if there's a cake at ringside, somebody's going into it. But at the same time though, I just I'm not invested as Kalisto as a babyface, and the reason I say that is because to me, I feel like they've kind of missed the boat with Kalisto by not letting him be himself. He's too yeah. focused. He's too focused on being a character, a caricature of what they feel a Hispanic wrestler should be, than letting him be the guy that was tearing it up on the independent scene by just being, as Nigel calls him, the former samurai of the sun, uh, Samurai Del Sol. You know, I see him on. Um up, up, down, down, and in 
Instagram videos, whatever. He's very entertaining. He speaks a lot better than you would think. Um, you know, he comes off with this, you know, you have this perception of him that, you know, he doesn't speak English that well. He actually, you know, shockingly, well, not really shockingly, you know, he does. They, they should let him. He's very, uh, he's actually very personable. He, uh, he's born in Chicago, Illinois, everybody. He knows well, how to know speak that. English. I know that. I know. He knows how to speak English. But that's what I'm don't. saying. They don't. They do yeah. that he does no, it. It's me nuts. I'm agreeing with you because they've turned him into this caricature of what they feel he should be as a Hispanic wrestler. You want a Hispanic wrestler to push, bring back Ray Ray. Instead of constantly talking about bringing back Ray Ray. Instead of constantly talking about Ray Ray, bring back Ray Ray. He's a free agent now. Use him. No, don't bring him back. Don't listen to Harry. Well, my thought process was, and I've said this before here, and I talked about this with Paul when he filled in for you last week, that mm-hmm. I feel like Ray could add a lot to the cruiserweight division by working with some of these younger guys and helping them establish their in-ring personalities. Am I saying I want to see Ray Mysterio Jr. cruiserweight champion? No, not saying that at all, because frankly, Ray's best days are behind him now. Mm-hmm. He's been wrestling for 25 years. He's not the same Ray he was. That being said, I feel like there's a Ray there that could work with some of the younger talent here and help them progress in the ring and help them progress personality-wise and help them progress into being something that the WWE universe, specifically the viewers of 205 Live, would be more interested in seeing. You make a valid point. I can't can't really argue with that. I just don't like All right, do we have anything else that we need to touch on before we get out of here, Liz? No, I don't think so. All right. Uh, Rumors are that the king of the cruiserweights, Neville, will be returning to WWE television soon. There is no word as far as where he's going. I'm going to make a bold prediction and say he ends up on SmackDown. I think think Neville's better than the cruiserweight division at this point, frankly. You know, I don't even believe half of the the stuff that's been out there. You know, he walked out, he left. We're never going to, you know, really know. I mean, maybe one day we will, but we're never going to really know. I personally think the man, like, took a freaking vacation until they, you know, did, figured out what they were going to do with him. Um, yeah, SmackDown, definitely. I think he definitely would fit in better on SmackDown than Raw. Especially since if you put him on Raw, you're going to end up, they're going to end up forcing him to interact with the 205 people again. Whereas I just feel like Neville is at the point where character-wise, as well as in-ring content-wise, he's above it. Mm-hmm. And if the best they had for him in 205 Live is putting over Enzo Amore and he did walk out, well, I mean... I can't blame him. I don't want to say I don't blame him because it's, yeah. it's, it's he's getting paid to do this. It's his job to do what no, the company's supposed to at the same time, if I were there having to put over Enzo on a constant basis, I probably wouldn't be super pleased about it either. But if he does go to SmackDown, I think they'll, they'll definitely be very heel-heavy on SmackDown. But I would see, I think to see it, Neville AJ. See, I think Neville would be a babyface if he went to SmackDown because of the fact that they're so heel-heavy in the mid-card. Yeah, but he's such a great heel. I don't disagree with that. I feel like him and Ty Dillinger could be fun. I feel like him and Bobby Roode could be fun. I feel like on the on the face side of things, I feel like him and Dolph Ziggler could be a very entertaining match. I feel like, as you mentioned, uh, Neville and Styles would be very entertaining in a match that I don't think has ever happened before. Mm-hmm. 
So there are definitely options for Neville once he returns to television. We'll see if he returns to SmackDown. We'll see if he returns to Raw. God forbid he returns back to 205 Live because in that case, I'd probably consider walking out again if I were him. But we will talk more about what happens next week here on the Wrestling to the Max 205 Live review. If you're interested, you can find more information about Wrestling to the Max and the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com, where you can find podcasts that deal with everything from video games to entertainment to sports, such as football, specifically football to the max, and the kickoff every Wednesday night with myself, Stephen Ert, and Brandon Biscoping. Soccer, that's more Sean's thing. And other wrestling podcasts such as myself and Liz doing the SmackDown Live review, myself and Patrick doing Wrestling Unwrapped, or this Sunday, myself and Patrick Ketza will have your Wrestling Unwrapped reacts to the 2017 edition of the Survivor Series. So, for our executive producer, Sean Garmer, and my co-host, Miss Liz Puglisi, I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the Wrestling to the Max 205 Live review here on the W2M Network. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.